Welcome to another episode of Shades Midweek. We have conversations about theology, culture, and all things Shades. I'm Brad Brown, joined in the studio with John Mark Durow. John Mark, how are you doing this evening? This evening, exactly. I'm doing great. I got a lot of energy right now. It is 9 o'clock at night. This is the first time we've recorded. This is a late night episode of Shades Midweek. And the reason is because Jonathan is out of town, so there are no rules. Yeah, we can just do whatever we want. It is chaos here at Shades Valley where I haven't gone into work all week. Have you? I mean, (laughs) I haven't been here all week. I haven't done anything. I haven't gotten anything done. That's a lie. (laughs) Just, Just to be clear. Jonathan, send all your emails to Jonathan at ShadesValley.org if you're complaining about us not coming in to work. Exactly, exactly. We did. Or just any complaints you have in general, just right. send that to Jonathan. Right. He's, he's signed off Pass on that. <laughs> right. Well, enough chit-chat. We are so excited because we have two guests in the studio this evening. We, ha- we are joined by Jeremy Moore. Hello. And John Ball. Yeah. So, so glad to have these guys here. Uh, The reason we have them here is because they are part of the Shades Collective. And so, before we get into that, and before we start talking about that, I definitely want you guys to introduce yourselves. So, Jeremy, why don't you start? Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? What an interesting (laughs) question. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I grew up in Birmingham. I'm from Birmingham. Uh, I am a pastor's kid. Uh, I graduated from Sanford in church music. Um, go with the go dogs. Go dogs. Right? Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Uh, yeah. Graduated in 13 with a um, with a bachelor of music in church music with a vocal emphasis. So wow. I studied classical music. Mm. Took like seven uh, semesters of theory gosh almost music theories that's that's no joke right it was no joke that's what causes a lot of people to drop out of the program it well that and uh piano proficiency which is very interesting uh so i graduated there uh have worked in churches ever since and i manage a wine shop called golden age wine Mm. um currently on staff at grace fellowship church just down the road yes um as they're one of their worship leaders Great church. It's Joel fantastic. Busby. Absolutely. My neighbor. That's right. Spiritually and physically. That's right. I walk, yeah. I go to your house and I see about 10 friends. It's the <laughs> street to be on. Yeah. A lot of... Not during coronavirus though, right? No, 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 no. This is <laughs> long before... Many, mo- <laughs> many moons ago. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, I'm, I'm happily married uh, to my wife, Maddie, who mm. some may know from Shades. Um, yep who went here back in college. We actually met at the uh, the college worship nights way long ago. Yes, amazing. It was very fun. Uh, she almost didn't, this is fun, fun fact, fun fact, uh, what day is it, Thursday? Fun fact, yeah. Thursday. Yes. <laughs> uh, she almost didn't date me because I didn't take down the chairs my first time here. Oh, oh wow. Oh, you, you didn't have a servant's heart. Selfish. I did not have a servant's heart. Rookie mistake. I thought, I thought to myself, I'm just going to go and just soak in this night and then I'm just going to leave. This is the first time in my life where I can just go to a service at a church. Oh, so uh, you didn't even play that. Night. I did you not even play. play. I just went, I just, yeah. was, I just was so worshiping the Lord. You just thought you'd you, come attend for she, some reason. That's right. You're that's right. 
you were genu- genuinely worshiping, didn't have your game on, and think, I need to put up chairs, I and I need to, to pick up little kids. I Those know. are two priorities. That's right. <laughs> Anytime you go to a college worship night. Did not do that. Almost lost the girl, but ever since then, we've been happily married now for two and a half years. Awesome. So. All right. That's great. John Ball. Tell us a little bit about John Ball. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys. My name's John Ball. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I, I grew up in Birmingham as well and um, uh, grew up playing music with John Mark. I mean, man, I was thinking about oh, yeah. recently, I don't know, dude, how long have we been playing music together yeah. now? When did y'all meet? Where 15, did y'all meet? 16 well, years? I am, more than that? I turned 33 this year. How old how I turned old are 30 you? this year. You're 30. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big, I want to say that I met you when I was 15 or 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was 14 time. when we met. And um, I met you at Asbury United Methodist Church. Fifth quarter. At a fifth quarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think my band was, we weren't playing. No. I, don't, I think, I don't know why we were there. Was there a band that played uh, maybe. there? Maybe so. But I remember seeing you there. So yeah, that was, a, that was a long time ago. And then I think we just asked you to be in the band even though you didn't play bass. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I kind of played some guitar and it was like, you want to be in the, I think it was like, you want to be in the band and play guitar. And then I showed up. It was like, yeah, our bass player just quit. Can you play bass? Uh, <laughs> I can. Tr- I can try. Did um, you take that as an insult? Um, I think I was just excited to be in a band. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know? By the way, Brad, I don't know if you saw this on Instagram. I think it was on John Mark's Instagram. They they played together. We were like getting together like a couple weeks ago and like playing some music. And at the end, they were like, oh, let's. We just, just want to rock out a little. little. Just oh yes, for old time's I, sake. I did see that, and I and I sat there and I thought, man, they know their songs from really long ago. <laughs> they remembered everything. I it was like they they knew everything to the T, and come to find out later after they finished, yeah, they just were making it up the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is perfect. You need to re- yeah. who's recording? Yeah, yeah. John Mark was like, you have a riff. I was like, yeah, sure. We just we just jammed a it little just bit. Happened. We just it went just for it. Yeah. But all to say, there is something to be said for these two. No. Oh. For knowing yeah. each other that long. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I think at any time you play music with somebody for that long, you know. Yeah. Something happens. Yeah. Something happens. So, anyways, um, so I grew up playing music with with John Mark, and um, I I actually went to school in Nashville. I moved to Nashville, went to Belmont, um, which was a lot of fun. Kind of through a couple of different things, playing um, with some worship leaders and stuff like that. Ended up uh, working for a missions organization. So um, for for a number of years, I uh, coordinated short term mission trips, which was which was fun some days and not fun some days. <laughs> um, but uh, I learned a lot for sure, and kind of knew I was going to be in ministry of some sort. I was still doing music and leading worship and. Um, writing my own songs and putting out records and touring some, um, but, but knew I was going to be doing ministry of some kind. So it's like, I think I, I think I need to get some kind of degree to like figure out, you know, what, what's going on. Like, I think I need to know the answers to some of these questions. And, um, so ended up with a, a master's of arts and theological studies, um, from Liberty online and long story short, um, when some, some stuff kind of, st- Doors started to close with music stuff and not being able to do that full time anymore and, um, you know, wasn't doing the, the mission stuff anymore. Um, I finished my, my degree uh, and, and ended up being able to um, start teaching some classes here in Birmingham after we had moved home um, at Highlands College. So I fell in love with teaching, um, which was interesting. That's a whole other story of like, 
you know, just it was this this bizarre time where it's like I had all these different mentors in my life. And I was trying to figure out, you know, what's my next step? And it was like mm. all these people were like, have you considered teaching? You know, totally different walks of life, different parts of the country, don't know each other at all. You know, mm. definitely, you know, the Lord working, I think, through through people. But um, yeah, so so started teaching, kind of fell in love with it, started teaching more and started working there full time a couple of years ago now. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm there full time now working at Hounds College teaching and helping with um, some of our ministry training and a couple other things. So tell, yeah. tell us about your family a little bit. Yeah, man. Yeah. So i um, been married uh, to Sarah for uh, eight years this year. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. Eight years. Wow. Sarah and I, we, you know, we started dating when I was in high school. I say we're high school sweethearts. She doesn't yeah. claim it. <laughs> she does not claim <laughs> why it. Why not? Because she was in college. Oh, well, so now like, we know. Now yeah, we know so why. Right, but I claim it because it was awesome at the <laughs> yeah, time, right? Yeah, totally. So, uh, so you know, we we dated all through college, um, and then got married when we were uh, in our in our early twenties. And we have a two year old daughter named Lena, who is awesome and fiery and spunky and all that. So we're we're figuring all that out. The twos are I don't know, man. John Mark, you know, we're just we're just trying to learn from you guys. So mm, yeah, well, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So no man, it's so much fun. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's, it's man, awesome. It's so much fun. It's it's, awesome. it's been crazy during this season, coronavirus. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. dude, being at home, working at home, a lot of together with a kid, and it's just, yeah, it's it's awesome. But it's like, yeah. at the end of the day, you're like, I just want to go to sleep. Yeah, I just want to yeah. go to sleep. Uh, totally. Mm-hmm. And you have a dog as well. We do. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's can't, can't Brad always wants to talk about the dog. That's okay. You know? That's great. Brad's yeah. really they get into left the out of the conversation. I know. Poor dogs. Feel like. Yeah, we have, be neglected. we have a uh, a golden doodle, a big, full-size golden doodle. Not like your yeah. golden doodle, Brad. I have, man, yeah. I have so many questions, but we'll, do, yeah, we'll yeah, do that yeah. later. Yeah, so we have a golden doodle named Linus. <laughs> big big Charlie Brown fan Sandy. over here. So, um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so we Linus the Wise, you know, is Charlie Brown's wise friend. So uh-huh. He might be the best dog I have ever met. He's, wow. he's a great dog. He wow. really is. He's a great it's dog. It's a strong statement, and yeah. I stand by it. Yeah. <laughs> We got lucky. I mean, I did a lot of training with them, but I think we got lucky too because it's kind of hit or miss with golden noodles. It's yeah. like you get a great one, and and I'm sure your do- your dog's great, bro. Oh yeah, totally, no. totally great. I think that's implied. Yeah, time, yeah, yeah. time will tell. Yeah. Or they're just nuts. <laughs> it's it seems true. like. Yeah, no. You know, totally. So, yeah. so he's pretty chill. Okay, so uh, Jeremy, you mentioned this a little bit, but how did you first come to Shades? Uh, there was a time when you were kind of involved with Shades. How did you first hear about Shades, and how did you get involved? Yeah, I uh, I was coming out of a working for a church, and I was trying to find somewhere to go to church, mm. and I needed like a just a completely just different type of environment than I initially was like had been in my whole life, mm. um, and through a friend, I guess I just kind of ended up here. I, I remain remember like very like vividly. Um, like coming for my first Sunday and I think the chairs were actually like towards the corner of like the the left side of the church. Oh, that was weird. Like during the summer. Yeah, it was during the summer. Uh, And it was weird. (laughs) It was weird for you, but it was like the most like soul healing. Uh, But the Lord was doing something. That's right. (laughs) You just never know. I literally cried through the entire service, which is saying a lot (laughs) for me, especially I mean, it was just it was just like a place where I came and I was like, oh, I feel like I finally have found like a home. Mm. 
like pretty immediately. Yeah. Um, cool. And so I kind of just through that season just needed like somewhere very consistent and the college worship nights were really great and just kind of like became friends with all of you. And uh, it, it was just, it was just a really great time in my life. Yeah. A very uh, healing time too. Mm. Uh, mm. That's cool. John Ball, what about you? Yeah. So um, when we moved home from Nashville, so we, you know, like I said, we I lived in Nashville and went to school there, and Sarah and I lived there for a couple of years after we got married, and we were a part of a, a church in Nashville that um, uh, we just loved. It was a you know smaller community church. It was actually a church plant that we like accidentally went to the first Sunday ever of. It was like total. <laughs> How do accident. you do that? It was just like someone was like, "Hey, come to this this church with us," and we and it was we had been kind of church hopping, and it was Easter Sunday. We're like, "Well, you got to go to church somewhere," and it was lo- it was like the launch. Sunday of this church and they're like welcome to the first Sunday and we're like oh okay well great we're here at ground floor um so we just loved that church and we loved the community and it was really kind of life-changing for us you know we um we we grew up at at Church of the Highlands which you know is where John Mark and I really played mm-hmm. music a lot together as well mm-hmm. um and so when we moved on to Birmingham it was kind of like this up in the air thing like are we gonna are we gonna end up back at Highlands are we gonna try and find another church and you know, being such good friends with John Mark and his family. Um, I think they had just, had you guys like maybe just started at Shades when we were moving back? Well, or? I don't know. We we started in 2013. Okay. And when did you move back? We moved back 15? in 14. Oh, 14. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe it was that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So not too long then after we, after I came on staff part time probably a year i guess yeah. so so we were trying to figure out what we we're gonna do and you know we visited a, a bunch of places and we still had family at highlands too but you know wanted a church that was that that felt similar to you know what we had experienced in, in nashville and you know already you know had great friends here and i think we visited a couple times before we moved home and we're like yeah this just feels this feels right this is what we need right now in this season and was able to you know get plugged in in the community really quickly and able to serve and play some on Sundays and all that kind of stuff. So um, that was, um, I don't know, I mean, I'm trying to think of what years it was, but in a number of years. It was a few years. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a few For years sure. where we were here and, um, you know, before I started teaching at Highlands and eventually, you know, we went back to, to Highlands full time. So. Yeah. so, yeah, it was a sweet season, very sweet season. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan and I always have this conversation like, with certain people that are clearly gifted and called to ministry and love the Lord. When the Lord brings them to shades, we're like, Oh, this is so awesome. We're so glad that they're here. This is such a gift, but they're probably not going to be yeah. here long. Why God? Why? And so it's always this mix of sorrow and joy to, to send people out knowing that the Lord has, you know, called them to different places, but it's sorrowful knowing that they, won't be here anymore. I think that's a unique thing about Shades, though, yeah. is it seems to to capture like people that are in the in between, and really like heal them, or like provide yeah. for them like a very safe space, mm-hmm. and and then let them go out again. I think that's something that's like really special to see. Yeah, yeah. Ed Kaler would always say that about this church, and mm-hmm. he said that it's totally something that God has done in its history and continues to do and i think john mark and i can both 
testify to that because yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure it is nothing within ourselves that brings that about it's just yeah. the lord's grace and mercy on us mm, absolutely so, yeah that's that's cool okay well at the beginning i said that uh we have you guys on here to talk about the shades collective so maybe we can talk for a little about what is the shades collective <laughs> Who is the Shades Collective? What yeah. work does the Shades Collective do? So you can answer those questions in <laughs> any order is, or fashion that you would is like. Is coalition a better <laughs> word? <laughs> the Shades Coalition network. Collective. Yeah. <laughs> network. Coalition Network. Um, I'll start just a little bit um, by saying that basically for me um, – when I met, I met Jeremy and John, obviously both be, uh, before I was at Shades. Um, maybe I was at Shades when I met you around kind of mm. figuring that out. But um, anyways, just kind of playing music with them separately. I knew that I wanted to write songs with these guys in particular. Um, and I just didn't, at, at the time kind of thinking through that I didn't know what that was going to look like long term yeah. but I knew that it was something that would definitely happen at some point in the future and so for me my heart was always to start something like this where we could have uh, a network of songwriters um, that meet together often and and write uh, worship songs that are for the church um, for the, for the church body. And so, and not just for shades, but you know, the body of Christ. Um, so to me, uh, shades, uh, really was birthed at a time when Jeremy and John were both here at shades and speaking about shades collective, uh, shit. Well, yeah. when they were, <laughs> yes, yeah, the, yes, exactly. Not so shades many, Valley. so many There's shades, so many shades. So many shades. We'll get to the explanation of that in a second, but yeah, so the, the Shades Songwriting Collective basically started when they were here at Shades Valley Community Church. Mm. And just kind of us getting together saying, we want to write songs together, we want to write songs for the for the church and, and for the body at large. Um, and so, I you know, as we were coming up with names, I just felt like since it was birthed out of community, even though Jeremy and John have since... Um, you know, moved on to to their churches that they're at now. I thought it was appropriate to to give it the Shades name, even though it's not uh, directly representative of Shades Valley Community Church. But I think it is representative of you know roots that were that were kind of birthed out of the church at a time. And uh, we we just we continue to write and record music together. So that's that's kind of how I look at it. It is a collective of sorts, but it's mainly uh, me, Jeremy, and John, and then obviously you, Brad, you write with us, and we've had Joseph has, has written with us, Joseph Walensky has written with us before. Um, it's mainly those those people that are involved with this thing. Yeah. How interesting is it, too, J.M., I was just thinking about this even as you were talking, like thinking back when we first started writing – you know, at the time, I think when we first started writing, it was like because we were all involved here at at the church. It was like we were write, we were writing songs, but there was also I remember talking about this dream of like having this kind of collective thing of right. worship leaders from different churches, right? And like this has yeah. become that thing, and it and yeah. it happened, yeah, exactly, because there were other conversations that we had, 
you know, where we were talking about what, you know, what if we got so-and-so involved and, uh, and really it just, it just happened overnight. We all, you, you're at Grace, you're at Highlands. And so it just, it just happened that way. It was fantastic. Look at the way God works, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing though, especially those first couple songs. I, I distinctly remember writing them for specific people at Shades. Mm Mm-hmm. And like right. how powerful that was. Yeah, yeah. I think mm. back, you know, Jam. I think to when I th- when I think about Shades and like us writing these songs and like what you're saying, Jeremy. You know, the original intent of like let's write for this body. Like let's write songs that are that very specific. And maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. You know, mm. even some of the first few songs we wrote. You know, in my mind, it, I think some of the conversations we had, Jam, when we were first talking about that was a comparison like, you know, back in the day at Highlands, like when we were, you know, this little youth group and, right. and Bastia was the worship leader. Right. You know, he would write songs that were like for that youth group. Yeah. For that moment. For the moment. Right. And so, you know, we would have like a retreat or something and he'd write a song for the retreat. You know, there'd right. be like a, a theme for the retreat and he would write a song and I mean, you know, Daniel Bash is a great songwriter, so it wasn't like a cheesy song. It was like an <laughs> epic, amazing song, you know, right. that was like for that moment for these people. And I was just so powerful for me. I mean, I can still I still listen to those songs and it like it's yeah. I'm like right back there in that yeah. moment, mm-hmm. you know. And so that was a big inspiration, I think, for me and for us when we were talking about doing this too. So it's interesting how it's evolved, but I think back to those first days when we were starting to write and that was that was a lot of what was, you know, inspiring it, I guess for me. Yeah, I mean, we can get into this a little bit, but <clears throat> basically in 2016 um I invited the three of you and this uh college student, he gra- he's graduated from Sanford now. Um he's been graduated I guess a few years now. Danny yep. Danny Delgado, shout Danny. out to Danny. Danny. If listen, Danny D. <laughs> um uh, Shades member Poppy <laughs> He always says Poppy When it, when I see him <laughs> um, Yeah he was at Shades For a while Was he a member At, at any point Or he I mean he was Basically a member He's he an just, honorary member He was an honorary member right, 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 I'm pretty right, sure right. he's a member Man uh, He's so sweet And uh, He Kind of helped Helped me put together A uh, A songwriting retreat With the five of us And so We went out to a place in the North Georgia mountains for, I think we went on a Thursday. I want to say it was a Thursday night or like, yeah, I want to say we left Thursday night from the church or from somewhere and drove down. It's probably like a four and a half hour drive. And then we stayed Friday and all day Saturday. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then yeah. came, came back, back on for, Sunday, I think. I think. Or did we come or back, we come back for church? I can't remember when we came back. The second back. one, we definitely came back. The for second church. one, we came back. The first one, we may have actually stayed on that Sunday. Yeah, we skipped yeah, I think out. So. Okay. We like all, somebody we else can lead pro- worship. <laughs> 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 we listen to worship music on the way home. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. fine. But that, yeah. but that retreat really kicked things off because it really wasn't until that that we were writing together. Like we had talked about it, like, Hey, let's get together and write. It would be fun, you know? And, and really at that time, 
it was really just to get together and ride. It wasn't like, hey, we've got this Shades Collective and we're going to be riding so that we can record some songs later. It wasn't really any of that. It was mostly just like, hey, we all know each other. Uh, we, we like to hang out with each other. We're all good friends. We all play music together uh, in church or outside of church. Let's get together and ride. So that's the genesis of of that. And that was, that was definitely a, a really, really sweet, cool weekend mm-hmm. of riding that i will always cherish yeah it was yeah. amazing and maybe we could talk about that and the song that came out of it would that be yeah, yeah. for sure That'd be cool yeah i mean i uh i remember something that come that that comes to mind you know th- when we first started writing uh we had like this this time of prayer and um we we repented you guys remember that yeah. Oh yeah. The first day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like first straight day. out of the, the first gate. Day. Yeah. First day we were we were we were going hard, man. We had high expectations. <laughs> I think you let us through that, Brad. I I don't really I don't I don't totally remember. I just remember it being really powerful. I I probably definitely needed to repent. <laughs> so that's very possible. Uh but yes, I I that's actually what I was gonna bring up is just that the whole weekend started in this time really of confession and repentance and expressing our inadequacy Mm -hmm. to do what we're about to do (laughs) and trying to put pen to paper and write lyrics about the greatness of God and how we are to respond to him and to pray that that would be sung in the body and that the Lord would reveal himself to people through that and that they would be encouraged. I mean, I had never done any songwriting at all <laughs> in, yeah. in my life, and I was kind of nervous going into the weekend. And I was you like, "Shut up with this well, huge ma- pile of books." It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, I was going, and I was like, "Resources, well, ma- you know, maybe I can get them waters and stuff." When, like, yeah, they, when I invited—that's the side note—I <laughs> can make sandwiches for lunch. <laughs> when <laughs> I invite, when I invited Brad, he was just like, "Well, I mean, what do you want me to? What do you want me to do?" <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, just come. It's gonna be awesome, man." <laughs> Um. Yeah, and you brought like all this literature and yeah, <laughs> yeah prayer books, all these and prayer books, and <laughs> Jeremy awesome. brought some books too. That's right. I and will say, technology books. Yeah, yeah. For for me, after the time, it was funny. That first day was interesting though because we were filling each other out, and I mm-hmm. felt like the first day was largely. I wouldn't say it was a waste. I think there was one cool idea that we never finished, but it was just like us trying to figure out. Okay, what are we, how what what are we doing? How do you right do now? this? What are we? It was kind of like a first date, which yeah. is interesting that yeah. we all repented. What if you did that on a first date? You're yes. like, look, here we go. Here, before before we get the appetizer, um, <laughs> let me confess myself. <laughs> yeah, let's have a time of confession. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I I think you're right. I that first day, that was a powerful moment. But as far as writing went, we didn't really get anything. I remember, I remember working and like hitting walls right. over and over again. Yeah. And even Danny was like, "You guys want to see the property?" Is like, is <laughs> like, let's get outside, you know? Yeah, let's do something. Let's do something else. And then the second day, I think we had talked about what you know, we, we had talked about what we want to do, the kinds of songs we want to write, things like that. The first right. day, yeah, so sure, it set yeah. us up well. Mm-hmm. The second day is, is really kind of when we you know wrote "Peace." Um, yeah, uh, that song "Peace" and. And that was a powerful day too. That started with with prayer. We did like a yeah. uh, back then, you know, 
the liturgists were not as as far out as they are as now. controversial. Yeah. yeah, and so we like did this like guided prayer kind of meditation thing where we just all were like let's just pray, let's just have some, a little time of worship kind of thing. Right. And that was kind of first thing in the morning. Like I think yep. we ate breakfast and yep. went down to the this little area that we had set up because we brought we kind of set it up. Once again, we didn't really know what we were doing, so we brought like all the gear. We brought like bass, full band, electric guitar stuff, drums, a sound system. Because <laughs> we were like, you know what? If we're gonna write, we're gonna play the song too that we yeah. write. We're not just gonna write it and then just go home. We're actually gonna play it as a band too. <laughs> we're gonna write, record, and release a record <laughs> yeah, at right. the end of this, this weekend. Yeah. We're gonna have something to show. It's for like it. Bob Dylan or something. Bass basement <laughs> yeah. tapes. Yeah. And so I just remember that we did that, and then we. Um, you know, I remember John Mark just got up. Did you go to the the piano or a guitar? What the did you piano? And you just started like you just started playing. Yeah. And this kind of like spontaneous yeah. worship thing broke. Yeah. Out. Just right. Happened. It just I still hurt. have some of those voice memos on my phone. Do you? So wow, really beautiful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For nostalgia, I driving here. I went through my voice memos. I'm gonna find it. And so I found it. I, I listened to like 15 minutes of it on cool. the way here tonight. Oh, that's um, cool. And what was great about it was just like, like kind of everything that we've talked about so far where you were so, you you were sort of like, where do I fit in yeah. in this situation? And then listening back, you're like singing the melody. <laughs> you're like writing the melody to peace and the lyrics like on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> and then wow. John is like playing acoustic. I think you were on electric, Jeremy, and we were all just like in such a worshipful space. Just kind of, it was a really, it you know, as worship leaders, sometimes you don't get that space. Sometimes mm-hmm. where you can just rest and relax and not there's there's not anything tied to it. Like okay, I'm leading a song in front yeah. of a congregation. I'm you know I've, I've got a do really well it was just very relaxed and we were just worshiping together and it was such a great moment and that is how uh peace was born and i definitely that definitely something special about it like even listening back to how we were formulating the words and the chord progressions and like you were just kind of reading you were looking through books and reading things and yeah uh, based on prayers yeah I mean, isn't it wild that you can write all of your verses starting with the same words? <laughs> yeah. I think that that was like kind of like a nervous part for me. Like I was really nervous about writing that, but I knew mm-hmm. that it was like hitting home with each of us, each of us, like the different like little end pieces. Mm-hmm. And like we talked very long about like using the word cynics because it's such a hard word but i was like this is where i am (laughs) and like this is who this is who i am Mm -hmm. and like i need to write this into a song so i can actually sing it and we all resonated with that too remember that it was like oh yeah somebody said that it was like yes it felt (laughs) it it did feel harsh it was like can we say that can we say like a question can we say bring your anger can we say that (laughs) bring your hatred like yeah can we sing that like is that okay Bring your hatred yeah you know, like, but, but it just felt, I just remember being like, it's just so real. It's so raw. And it's like, people are experiencing that. And Jesus is really saying that, like, come to me, bring it to me, you yeah. know? And so it yeah. just, it just resonated. It was like, well, I want to bring all this to Jesus. Cause right. you know, the bring your hatred. Like, I don't want to have hatred. So like, can I bring mm-hmm. it Jesus? Can you take yeah. it from can me? Can I be you honest know? about that? Yeah. 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 And so that was just, you know. 
because I remember, you know, we had that moment, that that worshipful moment, and then it was like we we had that, then we, you know, we'd like break for lunch or whatever, and then we'd go outside, and it's <laughs> right. like, let's try and like put some of this together, and then I think yeah. we had kind of another moment like that again. It was right. just this kind of back and forth, and just talking through those lyrics. I remember talking through that, like, can we say this? Is this okay? Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Out on that back deck, yeah. we like wrote a lot of those lyrics on that yeah. back deck at that house. One of the things that I've always appreciated about our time together is we spend so much time talking and arguing and <laughs> fighting and battling over lyrics. Yeah. But it's it's something that I love so much about the times that we get together and write because yeah. anytime you propose something in a song or you throw it out throw out a lyric, it's such a vulnerable moment. Mm. And you don't know, you're like, is this good? Or is this super cheesy? And one of the things I've appreciated is we've had this environment where we can come together and we can say, okay, this is the word that I'm thinking. This is the expression. This is the phrase. And we say it. And then, and this has taken a little time, I feel like, in the writing process, but we're honest with one another. Mm. And we say, honestly, that just counts. That sounds kind of CCM to me. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm just not really <laughs> tracking with that. Or I don't know. It's a little cheesy. Or, oh, I'm that makes me feel a little uncomfortable or I'm like, I don't know what I think about that theologically, you know, like, <laughs> but, but we're all able to do that. And that's, I mean, that's led to some tense moments, honestly, and like some frustrations, but I feel like there's yeah. been a lot of fruit from it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that, you know, I was actually talking to somebody about this today. It's so funny because mm. I, I think that with, with us, I mean, I would think with any good songwriting or, or you know, group of people who are writing together, I, I think it's true for us. But, you know, you have to have that trust because that's what you're talking about. It's like we trust each other because mm-hmm. we, we can be honest with each other. Like, you know, we've broken down all those walls of like the awkwardness and I'm not going to get my feelings hurt if you're like, no, that's a horrible idea. Or like, mm. yeah, I don't know about that. Or like maybe a better word. Like we've gotten to and that didn't just happen, you know, yeah, but right. but we've like formed this trust with, with each other to where like I really genuinely never I don't get my feelings hurt when we write. Mm. And that's not really like me, honestly, <laughs> honestly, you know, like, because yeah. it's hard. It's hard to like bring something creative to somebody and say, like, what do you think about this? You know, and then be right. like, oh, it's horrible. Well, he, yeah. I know, think we're all coming from we come from very like different backgrounds, but we also meet in the middle. And then we also want the very like same thing. Yeah. Like we all want to sing like something meaningful mm. and come away from a song or service having like said the thing that like our heart needed to sing that week. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's okay that like sometimes during those, these writing sessions where you're just like, no, it's not good enough. Yeah. Totally. yeah. Like we need to, we need to actually like search a little bit deeper here yeah. and like give words for ourselves to like be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I always love about peace is I feel like, especially that song, each of us kind of contributed a part to it. Right. And so like I might have start uh started singing those verses, but John Mark was laying down the piano before that. I remember John Ball singing, contributing to the lines, and then I remember we were stuck because we didn't know where to go after the verses and I had this prayer from Augustine that's very yeah. well known <laughs> about our hearts being restless until we find rest in thee. But we I couldn't say it right, I couldn't get it to fit. And Jeremy just mm-hmm. came and just said it. We will find our rest when we rest in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I think you you also came up with the second line. And we were just like, that's it. That's gold. All and, right. And yeah. maybe John Mark could come up with Melody. I can't remember. But it's just, it was so cool because 
we each kind of had a piece to it. And when it all came together, it, it was it was really sweet. One of the cool things about being at a small church sometimes is that you you have the freedom to literally write a song and then try it out like the next <laughs> Sunday. And so that's what was cool. And I'm I'm pretty sure most of us probably played that Sunday if I if I had to guess since we were all going to Shades. And so that was really cool for me to be able to bring that song into a, a Sunday service at Shades was really, really powerful for me. So that that was a that was a cool moment. And just to be able to share it because I think, you know, as much as it is like uh the five of us writing a song together, uh it's you know, it 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 is a it is Shades song too. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a song for Shades Valley Community Church, and I, and I look at a lot of the songs that we do in that way as well. So, anyways, yeah, this is cool. Uh, it was like really really weird to me. I don't know if you guys did this, and I I think I'm remembering this correctly, but playing that song the first time, like we got to the first time we went through the course, and I felt like people knew it. Yeah. Like they were singing. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was like, totally. wait a minute. Has this, is this already a song? Yeah. Like, did we rip off somebody else? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Oh, no. It was the weirdest. Like, I think, it, I think I even remember people not not being aware that we wrote the song. Is that right? Maybe I'm making oh, that yeah. up. Sure. You know, but like, yeah, that feeling of just like, I mean, that's yeah. that's always nice. When you when really you, love that new Hill song. Yeah. Song yeah, that y'all did. That was just so good. Yeah. So good. But, but yeah. there was something unique to that, I think. Mm-hmm. You know that that you can you write something for somebody in particular, and then they they pick it up immediately yeah. and yeah. own it as their own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, it was just really sweet. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it'd be cool to talk about uh, some of the projects that y'all have done. Maybe the project that y'all are working on. I'd yeah. love to hear y'all talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, so a couple of years ago we put out a, an EP, an acoustic EP, um, which was a lot of fun. It was, you know, was that 2018? That was right. 2018. Yeah, because we played the we played the oh, release yeah. show the same week both of our children were born. Drummer. That's right. It's like <laughs> wild it times. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, we had we had this whole thing scheduled. We recorded this acoustic EP, Jeremy, John, and I. Uh, with Brad Timko in Avondale, and it was very low budget and low key. We just wanted to, you know, get these three songs down and going. put it out. Just, yeah. just see what happens. Get yeah. it going. So we planned this whole release night. We're like, all right, April. I can't even remember the, what the date was. April something. Yeah. That's Sunday. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And that, w- but we knew that Sarah was due sometime. Well, she went close late. to that. She went like two weeks late. So, <laughs> so that was a big part of it was right. she, as she kept getting closer and closer. I was like, guys, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play the show. Like I don't, I've never had a kid before, so I don't really know <laughs> what's involved, but this seems like it's getting risky. Uh, yeah. And what's crazy is Ashley and I, we had Moses already. We were in the process of adopting our second child, but had literally had just started the process. We were had had some meetings with our adoption agency and all this stuff, and they literally called me the week that week, and they were like, "Well, there's a there's a baby born in Montgomery," and we're like, "Wow, I'm a dad again, and I've got to play this show in three days." So <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> so, Wild. But anyway, so we put out the that EP, um, three you know acoustic ish songs. You know. <laughs> Very stripped back. Yeah, songs. very stripped back. And um, uh, 
have have slowly but surely been working on. A, I mean, are we? Is it a full length record? It's eight songs. It's a so full it's a length. Full yeah. So anything goes nowadays. It does. It does. <laughs> um, so it's eight songs, uh, full band. You know, full production. Um, yeah. That we've been working on. You know. It's it's taken a while, but it's taken that's a while. Sometimes these things do. We started tracking the first session we did. We tracked drums and most pretty much all the bass, probably too, yeah. and some other things in December of 2018. Yeah, and here we are still working on it in 2020. Rock and roll. <laughs> the end is in sight. Prob- I, see, I see the light. Do you guys see the light? I it's, see the light. Yeah, it's a big project. A lot of moving pieces. Yeah. And money is a, is a situation have, as you well. You know, jobs and families yeah. and things like right. that yeah, yeah. that you have and to spend you some be, time with. You want right. to be really thoughtful about like what you're doing and and creating something that I think we're going to be proud of for like totally. a really really long time. Yeah, I mean, I think what's funny is uh, when we first started, I think we had talked about we're like, yeah, you know, like I don't know, four days in the studio. Remember, it was like yeah. we had this yeah. totally unrealistic. Always underestimate. It yeah. always helps you. Yeah, yeah, right. But no, I think, I mean, I think we've been super intentional. Like, we haven't, you know, a good thing about it is we haven't been rushed. So we have taken our time, but it's, you know, everything, I'm I'm proud of everything we've done so far, so. Yeah, and it's been really different for a band record, too, because it's primarily just been the three of us. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't play a lot of these songs as a full band. You know, sometimes if you're going in to record a record, sometimes you... Maybe if you're in a touring band, you've written these songs and worked on them and, and workshopped them as a band. And so by the time you get to the studio, you've played them live. You know what they feel like. You know what feels good. And you can uh, get something down. But we were literally creating a lot in the moment yeah. in the studio. We had a lot of the the form down of, of the songs. But it was like, well, what are the drums going to do here? What is the bass going to do? What kind of what kind of piano stuff can we do? So, with that, I think that's been a part of it too. Has just been another reason why it's it's taken maybe longer. Has has just been that process. I think one of the things that that we were very like thoughtful about was going and working with someone that didn't have any like idea of what Christian music really sounded like. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I and it was a very intentional decision for us and we love Brad Timko because yeah. like he is he's able to craft us these sounds and like these like I don't know, these thoughts that like have no preconceived notions to them. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and so he doesn't able, listen to Hillsong. Like he doesn't even know what Hillsong is. Yeah, you'll bring up some Christian so. artist and he's like, Oh, is that a is that a band or something? You know, it's like... <laughs> and actually, not only that, a lot of the bands that I love, he's never really even listened to. Like, I'll be like, I love Bonnie Vare, or I love Damien Rice, or Sigur Rose, like all yeah. these bands that I... And he's just like, oh, yeah, I think I've heard of them before. But you can show them <laughs> to him. Yeah, you can yeah. show them to him, though, and he'll get it. He's like, oh, yeah, I can hear what's going on there. Right. So he can recreate a sound. Right. But he's... He's he's uh, coming from a place where he, he hasn't been exposed to it, yeah. like Jeremy was saying. So it gives it an opportunity to breathe and be created in a different way that he's not like he doesn't have a preconceived notion about, well, you know, there was this one Hillsong song that yep. kind of went like this or whatever, right. you know. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Well, I've gotten to hear a little bit of the album and it's amazing. I can't wait for it to come out. So I'd love to hear you guys just talk about what can people expect from this album? Uh I think that they can expect like um 
I mean, obviously we re released the three songs on the EP. Like you'll hear those in like full form. So like you're getting kind of like the full like idea behind the song, which mm -hmm. is really beautiful to kind of hear initially. It's a very backwards to do, you know, the acoustic version first and then mm -hmm. you get like the real song. <laughs> Um, and then some other songs that like we had written along the way in during that period of time that kind of all fit together. Um, but you'll, you'll hear like Have Mercy, which is like a, a Kyrie, which is really sweet. Mm -hmm. And then like um, another one that was written on a retreat in my wandering. So I it kind of like runs the gamut of like sounds, too, because we're using like saxophone and and it's pretty oh. like piano like driven there's some yeah. flute acoustic there's flute lots of synths it's really it's there's a lot of things there's a lot the, of things the going last on. instrument we have tracked is electric guitar and that's which been is, intentional which is wild yeah <laughs> yeah so for people that don't know why is that so different well, when it comes to <clears throat> a worship for, album? for those who don't know <clears throat> like when you listen to like a standard worship record like and it could be anything it could be like Bethel, Hillsong, it could be uh, you Tomlin, know, like Tomlin, John Mark McMillan, or like, you know, something like that. DC Gu talk. Guitar. <laughs> Electric guitar is usually a very prominent instrument, especially like in modern worship. And it kind of goes back to like, I don't want to get too long and long winded into this, but just briefly kind of goes back to like, you have U2 back yeah. in the eighties and the edge is like doing these delay, uh, a lot of delay sounds and he's using pedals. And so that, helped shape like some sounds that happened later in the night in 90s worship music and really hills when hillsong really got popular they kind of took off with their sound and a lot of people have emulated that and a lot of that is a lot of heavy electric guitar it's like just tons of guitar and we actually decided that we wanted to wait till basically the end like we've actually tracked vocals already and those are done normally that's like the last the thing very last do. thing so we've kind of went and it really and it's and it's been cool because it gives a different space we we hired we hired a guy named juan i don't i can't remember his last name solar soloranzo yeah soloranzo and yeah. he played on he played on preston loving goods record some of you listening probably know preston and He's just a great guitar player in Nashville and um, and kind of approaches the guitar from a much different space than, you know, maybe somebody working in Nashville that plays like in the Christian music industry. And so it uh, giving him these songs that are basically done and yeah. saying, all right, put electric on these has been I'm sure has been. Interesting. It's been interesting for me to hear back. We what should do a podcast doing. with him. Yeah, yeah we should. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. he's like a genius, like producer in his own right. Right, and uh. to and to to give him these songs where you where we already like hear like what we kind of want or like what we're kind of thinking, and then he takes it and mm -hmm. it comes back and it's like, oh my gosh, like this is totally like I didn't hear this, but like this is what this song needed. Yeah. And it, and at times like when we've been like you know talking about like some of the you know electrics that we've gotten back, it's been like man. I feel like he was in the room with us yeah. right. as we were writing these songs. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. And, and and on some other songs, which is I think why he's he's bringing such a cool element to the songs, is sometimes we're like, you know, he's he's almost not playing what like I quote unquote want. You know what I mean? Right. It's like there's this. I, I feel like we still are like fighting this like innate like, you know, worship music. Thing that's just stuck in our heads from playing so much of it. Right. Well, you know? I was going to ask, 
you know, why not just make an album that has that worship music sound? Uh, obviously, Hillsong is being played in every church across America. Why not just do that? Why do you think it's important to do? No, it's definitely career suicide. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's not helping us any, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> financially speaking. But yeah, no, why, I, why, yeah. Why do you why do you see it uh, as being important to do something different? Yeah, I mean, I think that. Um, I I think a, a couple of things. I mean, I think that that you can see. Um, both in the lyrics and in, in the musical style, kind of this, um, uh, with the lyrics, you know, Jeremy actually said it earlier. He's like, you know, sometimes somebody will bring something up and like, we just push ourselves because it can be better. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like, we don't, we, we just, we try our hardest not to settle because sometimes mm-hmm. it's again with, with seeing so much worship music, with being around it so much and hearing it. I mean, there's like the typical kind of lines that you could just, we we could sit right here and on this podcast write a worship song. Even the really fact we're saying worship song is <laughs> right. like a genre. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, we wanted to challenge ourselves to to write really great songs that were, you know, um, uh, both, you know, you want to be able to sing them, but you want it to be deep theologically and, and have, you know, deep meaning, you know, that, that people really resonate with. Like, mm-hmm. like we were talking about with people, you know, like I feel that, like I've never like sung a song that, you know, has these the the words that resonate with me that way that express you know what I'm feeling sort of thing, um, but then I think musically, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's probably you guys may have different answers to this, but I think even back to the bands that we've been a part of, John Mark in the past, I think we've always kind of pushed against kind of status quo. <laughs> I mean, we've been in some weird bands, man. And yeah, I, I was think, actually gonna say not to interrupt, but I was gonna say like. I feel like my musical journey I've always lived on the on the edges or on the outside of what is like mainstream. You know, some of my first bands were metal bands, which is definitely not a mainstream Money genre. maker. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not a mainstream genre. And then it got heavier into like just more hardcore music and then John and I uh, were in those bands, and then John and I were in an instrumental band, yeah, <laughs> like without any lyrics. Before it was cool. Before it was like, uh. like all you know, all these, all the sync music, and like you can make all this money with instrumental music. We were just like, uh, let's just jam, yeah, you know? like two thousand. <laughs> which I mean, explosion, you know, given explosions yeah, in yeah. the sky was pretty well known, but they were like the only band that I can. Re- I mean, there were a few others. But, I mean, that was like 2008, I think, when yeah. we, maybe even 07, yeah. when we were starting to mess around with that. So I just think I've always musically been on the on the edges, on the outskirts of town when it comes to, like, what's popular or what's more mainstream. So it's just naturally where I go. It's like, let's just not do the normal thing. Yeah. Mm. We want to be creative. We want to make something that's beautiful. You know, like, it just... I don't know. I'm not. I, I don't think we're trying to be hard on ourselves. It's just like we're just not going to take the easy route. And we're just being ourselves. I think too. Yeah. It's what naturally comes to us, and so um, I think that's a part of it too. Well, I don't think it's to be anti to be anti. Right. Yeah. You know, exactly. Which, yeah, I like, think that there we is all that. play Hillsong yeah. music on Sunday mornings. Yeah, sure. We like a yeah, lot of their songs. For sure. We're so grateful for them. Right. For sure. Yeah. But <laughs> but I think that th- I think that there's something like that has not been said yet that like yep. we're trying to tap into mm. and especially musically like something that I w- I want to listen to. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. or maybe that hasn't been like necessarily offered before 
with these type of lyrics right. attached yeah. to them. Yep. I'll I'll never forget a Christian author talking about listening to the to radio Christian radio and the DJ said the name of the station and then music that's always uplifting and happy or something like that and the Christian author said like who said that Christian art always needs to be uplifting and happy yeah <laughs> and one of the things I've appreciated in just being able to listen to the album and be able to write with you guys is that there are songs that are that are sad. Mm-hmm. Um, there are moments where there's anger expressed in the songs and there are moments where you just don't feel happy and worship needs to be, um, or in our worship, excuse me, we need to be able to express all these different emotions, not just (laughs) happiness. So, uh, John Calvin said that the Psalms kind of show the full range of emotions and when you go to the Psalms and you read them, you, you see sadness, you see anger, you see lament. And laments comprise so much of the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And laments aren't happy, uplifting things all the time. They're very honest. They're very raw. And if you were to put some of these Psalms to music, you know, you, you might not do it in a U2 <laughs> kind of way. It might need to have a different tone to it. But I think that to... Uh, for a lot of people, for those types of songs and expressions and tones to be present in worship uh, would seem off-putting, would, see, would seem weird. And then we wonder why the church is this place where everyone puts on this happy place and isn't mm-hmm. honest and isn't real. Well, it's because our worship isn't honest and it isn't real. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. I mean, I think that, you know... We've been we've been talking, you know. We're all in this group text. We're just, you know, crazy stuff always happens. We're always talking about most ran- <laughs> random things in this group text. But, um, you know, something that that we were talking about the other day, we've been talking about a lot is is just kind of the state of the country and all the, you know, um, injustice and racial, you know, unrest and all this kind of stuff. And um, uh, th- that was something we talked about the other day was this idea of lament because I think you know a lot of us are like. Let's do something right now. What do we do? How do we change? All this kind of stuff. And, and that was right. kind of what we talked about was this, and not to change the, the, the topic, but just kind of to back up what you're saying, Brad, is like, mm. you know, sometimes like, let's just have this moment of lament. Like, let's just like sit here and like, we're just trying to learn and we're trying to feel these things and like trying our best to understand. Yeah. And so sometimes there's moments like you're saying, Brad, where, yeah, it's like I'm going through this thing and I don't, I don't want to, you know, Right, I'm gonna get through this, and at some point, I'm gonna sing this awesome praise song. But right now, like, I just need to lay it all out. Yeah. Do we, you know, know, do we have worship songs that say "Why God" or "How long, Oh Lord"? Do we have worship songs where we um, pray for justice to roll like a river? Do we have worship songs where we pray? against injustice is that an expression of our worship and so that's yeah. been something that i've been challenged by by recently because i think that it should all be present because that shapes us has a shaping effect on yeah. how we view god in the world and how we speak yeah i i mean being a worship leader and somebody who's like i grew up watching it i like went to school for it i've done it you always start with an upbeat song <laughs> Every Sunday morning, you're gonna start with an upbeat song, yeah. And and coming to Shades was like a unique time for me because I actually got to like go to church, and I got to feel the emotions of driving to church and feeling like you're late or 
being like not in a great mood or you're like, I don't know, coming out of a fight and you're like sitting with your wife and you're like, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and how do yeah. you sing your grace? It's like, oh God, I don't, yeah. I can't yeah. sing this right now. And so I think that's what shades is to me is like, you're allowing, we're allowing ourselves to say what we need to say, like coming in, coming into worship or like for the, all these specific moments throughout the service, like yeah, giving us the, the, the words to say. Yeah. yeah. And saying that that's actually present in the Psalms itself. Like it's been yeah. there all along and, and we've missed it in some ways. Yeah. No, I love that dude. I, it, you know, it reminds me of, um, you know, that song that people here on, on the record have mercy. I remember mm. the day we wrote that, and I mean, you know, I, I know we've talked about doing a whole podcast series, yeah. going into all these songs, so I don't want to go into right. this too much. But Oh, well, don't worry. You can go into it, and we will do a podcast. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Content. But, you know, content. Content is, is king. Content. Um, you know, but I remember, you know, working on that song, Have Mercy. You know, the chorus is just have mercy. Have mercy. Right. You know, Lamb of God, have mercy. And... um I remember working, I, I think Jam, I think you brought that idea one day. You yeah. kind of had a guitar part and maybe the chorus. Maybe you had the yeah, chorus. Yeah, I just had a rough chorus idea is and really so, all I had and, and some lines. Yeah, and I just remember, I remember that was a great day of writing. For some reason, it was just like one of those moments, you know, where it was just the lyrics were coming out for the verses. Right. And just like, like, like. God, we need you. Like, have mercy. Like this, you know, just the broken state of, of the world. I remember, you know, thinking of, I'm thinking even now, like the the lyrics of the verse, you know, the first verse is like for the prisoner in chains. Yeah. I remember you talking about Jeremy, you know, Maddie doing work in these places where it was like kids literally had no names. Mm-hmm. There's like, you know, oh, the, yeah. these orphans that mm. didn't have names, you know, nobody had loved mm. them before. And so, you know, for the prisoner in chains, the child that has no name, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, keep going, but that, you know, that's, I think songs like that need it. Need, there needs to be a place for songs like that. Well, it you draws know? us, yeah. it draws us, uh, Brad and I have had some conversations. I'm sure we've all had these conversations before together, but about like uh, a different space that you create in a, in a worship. Uh, like we've had some worship nights where we've had uh like corporate prayer times of prayer in the middle of the worship night. And sometimes that, that would look like a lot of different things, but just this idea of like taking time in your personal worship to God to actually like pray for others and to actually like, uh, be aware of like, uh, Christians that are being persecuted in other parts of the world or children that have been, sex trafficked or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and and having that space and being like you know this isn't actually this this worship experience or whatever you want to call it isn't actually always just about me just singing to god but i can actually like think about others and pray for others as Mm -hmm. a form of worship too Mm -hmm. and how powerful is that and so when you sing songs like that that really that really brings the, that moment it, it kind of shifts it a little bit it shifts the dynamic and the focus yeah yeah I can remember being at a conference and a guy got got up and uh, to pray he goes okay we're gonna get back to worshiping in a second but I just want to lead us in a prayer and I thought <laughs> oh man this is so telling yeah. right and just yeah. how we view corporate worship right that the time that we stop to pray 
to intercede. I think he was praying for a ministry, but to intercede for someone is is kind of. And I don't want to be too hard. I've said so many yeah. dumb things say, in my life. Yeah, sure. Sometimes I'm, you just say. Stuff I'm sure I've said like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't oh, want to be too. Critical. Oh, I'm sure I have too. Yeah, but, for sure. but nonetheless, I think there can be that mentality there that worship is kind of this um, individual experience that I have with God, and to bring out the horizontal aspect. Yeah, and that when we sing to God. As a corporate body, we're also singing to one another to encourage and build up one another, and those those two things can't be mm. disconnected. And we're also singing out into the world to you know hear the good news of the gospel and the hope that we have in Him. So, uh, being able to think through all those things in songwriting, but not only in songwriting, but also musically, and and having those things be reflected is has has been a lot of fun. And I think that the music kind of like, or the lyrics rather are reflected in the music. So a lot of like what I personally, like I studied in school was like programmatic music. Um, so music reflecting what the lyrics are actually like saying. Mm. So like in operas or like, especially like classical music, like you'll hear things that sound like whatever's being said. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's something unique to this record is we're trying to offer something that's not like, cheesy in a manner that like you know you hear you say the word water and and you know the piano goes sweeping down you know <laughs> left or, or right to left yeah. it's like no i think that That's there's a great idea there's yeah. <laughs> we should probably we should probably that. call brad timco right now and <laughs> get in the studio real quick that to do that. <laughs> but there are specific <laughs> things that are, i think like you know all things for example like on the on the ep like it's pretty pretty standard right but on this full length, like there's yeah. some really spacey stuff that's yeah. like kind of really brings everything together. Yeah. So there's there's some really specific moments like that. I th that I that I hope people kind of connect with what's going on. Yeah, mm. I love that. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I hope will come through in the album, and Jeremy, you mentioned this briefly early on, but I wanted to talk about it because I think it's a unique aspect of the Shades Collective is we do all come from different backgrounds and shades valley community church has diversity in and of itself we talk about worshiping in four streams charismatic orthodox liturgical and evangelical and we want each one of these streams or each one of these expressions in worship to be present and to all be there and sometimes that makes people uncomfortable sometimes there's an expression worship that they've never experienced before but we see them all as valuable aspects of the christian tradition and we want to lift them up and want them to be present we feel like we're more when they're all there and i kind of feel like it's the same thing with the shades collective and so i mean i come from a southern baptist upbringing and a southern it was a it was a southern baptist church that was trying to be cool um <laughs> which never goes well um but then went to Beeson Divinity School and during seminary Orthodox uh, <laughs> developed liturgical maybe developed a love okay. for liturgy and the the place of these kind of formal written prayers in worship and there was something for me during that time especially in seminary that was so refreshing about not having to come up with something new or to say something new or something novel I think I came out of mm -hmm those uh circles in evangelicalism what was like okay well we're gonna say something new we're gonna say something different we're gonna get the people in you know these doors or in our doors uh not 
uh, in the church next door, you know, because mm-hmm. of what we're doing. And so just this, hey, you know, there is such a thing as church history. Um, <laughs> it goes further back than just the beginning of when our <laughs> church started. And there's actually some really cool stuff there that you should check out. And, you know, a lot of the questions you're asking and some of the language that you're looking for, you know, really intelligent people have thought through these things and <laughs> come up with some good stuff. So uh, that's where I kind of come from. I mean, John Mark, John Ball, you kind of want to talk about your backgrounds and how you've been shaped? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I so I actually um, – something I've thought about a lot actually lately, honestly, because, uh, you know, it's been, it's, it's been kind of an interesting journey, but you know, my, my mom's dad, my, my grandfather called him Papa. He, uh, he was a Southern Baptist pastor mm. and, um, he, he died when I was in high school. I wish he was still around cause I'd love to have some conversations with him. But so I can't, I kind of came from that tradition, um, and my mom actually was joking with me t- today. It's funny. She texted me and said that uh, she started going to a Methodist church um, when I was born so she could get me into uh, a particular daycare, which is hilarious. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so not I not uncommon though. Yeah. I'll right? say that. Yeah. So I, so I grew up, uh, you know, my younger years uh, at a Methodist church um, until I was, uh, I guess, 14 um, had a, f- a friend who was in John Mark and I's first band that we were in together invite me to uh, to Church of the Highlands. And it's funny, I, I was thinking about it the other day, the way that he invited me was he said, man, you'll love this church. They have indie worship music. <laughs> <laughs> which I was like, I don't know what that means, but that sounds awesome, you know? Right on. I ne- which I never experienced, you know, like, I guess, I don't know what you call it, like CCM or like contemporary, yeah, you know, modern. modern worship music, you know? And it was just the, or never experienced it done well i guess really yeah, yeah. yeah and so you know that you know being in highlands and being in um i think even back then even a little bit more so than it is now just some of the people was attracting as it was a smaller church and growing um more charismatic circles you know experience especially in worship and mm-hmm. in prayer and things like that mm-hmm. um that really definitely shaped me and molded me and then you know throughout college you know being in a lot of you know more Baptist circles, but the 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 organizations I was a part of, and then being you know here at Shades, the ch- the church we were at in Nashville before we were here is kind of where I, I we were drawn to Shades because it was very similar both in its its focus on community and its worship service was mm-hmm. kind of this mix of things you know mm-hmm. kind of the liturgical but then still you know a band on the stage and yeah. all that kind of stuff and. Um, and then now we're back at Highland, so it's this kind of full circle all over the place. But I, yeah. I cherish all the different traditions I pull from. You know, yeah. I, I think that I think that's kind of rare these days, and I'm yeah, thankful yeah. for it. But and yeah, and then Jeremy, yeah, I I grew up with like organ. My dad was <laughs> like, come on, leading at the front of the in the pulpit. That's you know? right. Your dad was a music minister. Like I re- I remember playing. Gosh, it was like when I was like 13, I was playing violin in the orchestra. Uh, you okay. know, and the then, hymns? oh yeah, 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 all hymns, hymns. all hymns. And then we go to another church and he's doing like, you know, the contemporary stuff and I'm playing in the youth group and figure out how to, I, I've started, I'm like playing in a band and playing drums and then I play piano and then mm. I'm like, maybe I should go get like a formal degree and uh, like go to Sanford where it's like very hymn based. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and until like recent, very recently, like it hasn't even like gotten into like the new, like worship 
culture. Uh. Like, so you're very like, it's very like old school. Like uh-huh. I, I learned uh, handbells. Like it's oh my yeah, man. Wow. So I know how to do a the handbell choir. The fact that I've never mm-hmm. seen you lead a handbell choir is one of the saddest yeah. things can that's been said this happen? evening. It's telling, can though. Can we just <laughs> can we put it on the record? Yeah. Get it on the record? <laughs> Some handbells? But you but you know, you grow up yeah. in that environment. You grow up in bands. You grow in, up in orchestras. And, and then, like, I went to, to work at uh, Briarwood for five years and yeah. sang in cantatas with uh, Larnell Harris. With the Alabama oh, Symphony Orchestra, I know Larnell. That was I mean, my I don't know him, but I've heard him. Oh yeah, he's my am- parents liked him a lot. Amazing yeah. and very, very, very intense. Yeah, but like I, I was exposed and like had all of these opportunities in like the classical world. Yeah, um, musically um, and worship wise, like we had orchestra and praise team and um, and then playing with like you know traveling worship bands doing like the youth conference thing too, like. So it's kind of been like the full gamut in yeah. a lot of ways, and so I I know what to really appreciate about a, a lot of them, and like I know like where their faults are, and I think that we can learn a lot from mm. from each of the different like musical styles or like I don't know what they what yeah. they even bring to the table, like hymns versus like modern quote unquote worship music, yep. like what what are they saying, and what do they give us the opportunity to to sing during worship yeah i've honestly never thought about the fact that all of us have all this different experience from different Mm -hmm. traditions and denominations Mm -hmm. i mean i think that's what gives us you know uh, like you're saying it's kind of an awareness factor and just just experience yeah to bring all these different traditions together and kind of pile them up into this project you know yeah Yeah. jm what about you yeah uh you've been in some wild churches i grew up catholic (laughs) no i'm just just kidding (laughs) my dad was a deacon at a baptist church in chelsea alabama and then when i was born uh we left that baptist church i think i'm pretty sure it was baptist and started going to this non-denominational church but it was charismatic charismatic in the vein of uh not uh not church of god and not like assemblies of god so it wasn't the preaching was not intense in that way, mm. but the music was very much like, um, I guess it would be like Vineyard if you wanted to compare it to, uh, Vineyard worship was really big in the 90s. Like a lot of flow? Like what do you... A lot of flow, but, but your, we your did... your mom was... My mom was one of the... Of you. No, no, no. My mom was one of the worship leaders, so I grew up uh, going to church uh, religiously yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every Sunday and sitting in the front row um, and watching the band practice. Were you one I of was, those kids that played like drums at like three years old that was like, whoa? I wasn't like a whoa at three years old. I, I got better when I was like 11 or 12, but I was... There, a little later, but that's okay. There was a, a song by Carmen. Do you remember Carmen? Oh, yeah. The Christian What artist? album? Riot. No, it was I, older than that. I might have lip synced a Carmen song <laughs> in kindergarten at a talent show. I love yes. it. Yeah. I, I saw a Carmen on the Righteous Invasion of Truth tour, which is the Riot album. I'm sure it was huge. <laughs> at the BJCC, dude. Yeah. Wow. He sold Massive. it out. Yeah, wow. black leather boots. Anyways, there Those was a, there was a song by him that I that one night 
I think it was like a Sunday night church. There were a lot of people there, and I got up on drums, and I was probably six years old, and I play. I had practiced this song, and I was just sort of making it up, but I played to along to this song in front of you know the church. So I was very much you know I grew up playing in the in the praise team. Sometimes I would just play percussions. So kind of like with you with different with different yeah. instruments, like they would put me on some congas or like a djembe or a tambourine or something, and I would yeah. just play along. And eventually I, I, I did play drums. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we did all the songs that we did growing up. We did everything from uh, we did like uh, we would do like I Saw the Light. Oh, yeah. And do it upbeat like that, like I saw uh-huh. the light. You know, yeah, we would yeah. do a lot of songs with this rhythm, with the boom, cha, boom, cha, oh, yeah. boom, cha, boom, cha. A lot of songs like that, and even some songs that kind of had like a, like a Jewish kind of flair uh, to it, yeah. like just melodically speaking, uh-huh. like kind of more minory. Yeah. And um, but then we would do like worship was really flowy and intense, like I exalt the shout to the Lord, like a lot of songs that were really popular in the nineties and early two thousands that we would do. So I grew up in that. I eventually went to church of the Highlands when I was probably 16, which was non-denominational and charismatic, a little different than like my small charismatic church that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was there for, well, how long was I there? Eight, eight years. Um, and some of those years I was on staff and then, uh, eventually made it to shade. So I, Shades was so I was looking for a place like Shades because I needed something a little different and I needed to experience something more liturgical and so, and and so Shades was kind of that perfect balance of all these different things. You know, Shades isn't super charismatic, but you know, it 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 has that that charismatic stream that we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um and but it's cool that we get to pair it with with all of these these other streams as well. It makes it it makes it a very uh powerful combination, I feel like, when you can recognize the church historical. And so that's really what we tried to do with the Shades project, all that being yeah. said and all this that we've yeah, talked yeah, yeah. about coming from all these different mm-hmm. backgrounds is I think I think it it has bled um, into one where we have, you know, John ha- was in Methodist church and you were in Baptist church, but then experienced a lot of liturgical. You were, you know, organ, organ led worship and strings and very, uh, you know, traditional and put together. And um, I think that comes out in the songs that we write together and the way that we've recorded the songs. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's, it's fun. All that to say. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, one of the things I thought we could talk about is we've, uh, you know, we've talked about Hillsong and Chris Tomlin and Bethel, and they're really oh, sure. well known. Are sure. there any Christian albums or worship leaders that you guys listen to that maybe are less well known that you're like, oh, I would love for people to be able to listen to these albums and hear what they're doing because it's something different? Yeah, I mean, I'll get on my soapbox and say <laughs> Young Oceans. Everybody yeah. knows that I'm going to say Young Oceans, but we do a lot. His his name is Eric Marshall, but his band is Young Oceans, and they're based out of Brooklyn, New York. And we do a lot of their songs at Shades. And um, he was at a church in New York, I believe, called Trinity. I don't know if mm-hmm. he's there anymore. I think he's in Nashville right now. He may be, ba- he may be based out of Nashville now. Uh, but if you just search young oceans on your spotify or apple music 
you will see um, I'm looking through the albums right now. The the last full length that he did was called Suddenly or The Nuclear Sunburst of the Truth Revealed. It's the hey. name of the record. Um, and that record is amazing. And um, and I actually think he does a lot of the things that we're that we talk about mm-hmm. um, because I we Jonathan and Brad and I actually got to see him live in Nashville. Was that last year? Like Gosh. a year before. I guess it was last year. I have no idea. I'm getting um, so old. And what's great what's great about <laughs> it is he does he uses these some of this ancient language and he yeah. you know, he all of these things that we've talked about, lament songs of lament. Yeah. And um but I also get like a I feel like there's like a charismatic side to him too. So I think uh, a lot of what we've talked about kind of comes out in his music as well. I highly recommend all of I his records. I think the thing about Young Oceans that's so interesting to me too is that there are people I know who love great music, who are Christians, who like worship music, who've never heard of Young Oceans. Yeah. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 He's how, one of my favorites for yeah. sure. But yeah, how do you not how have you not heard of that? Come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> no, no shame, no shame, but but you need to a lot of like indie quote unquote indie worship music to me can be like kind of off the wall and not like singable for a lot of people. But Young mm-hmm. Oceans, like his yeah. music is singable, it's yeah. true, and it's, it's true. like easily reproducible. Yeah, which totally is really cool. A couple others that yeah. I'll that I'll offer up here. Love it. Uh, I think we have all listened to uh, David Belosh's oh, album dang Labyrinth. It. That's the one I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, what a right. bummer! That is a cool record. It is. It's really cool. It's by uh, yeah. Paul Belosh's son. Yeah, yeah. Paul Belosh. For those who don't know, Paul Belosh wrote "Open the Eyes of My Heart," Lord, Ooh. and he wrote a song called "Hosanna," not the Brooke Fraser "Hosanna," but a different one. Not that "Hosanna." And I don't know what else he's written, but he's pretty well known. He's I a mean, big open CCM. Open the eyes of my heart's enough. <laughs> open the eyes That's of my enough. Heart. You can stop there. <laughs> it's his son. And this is kind of this is kind of a new one to me. Uh, Allie Page. Mm. Okay. It's kind of kind of cool, kind of cool. Like she records all of her own instruments, which is uh, pretty unique mm. for an artist. Yeah. Um, but I'll give her a little shout out. I think she's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. John, do you have any? Man, I don't and even I've got know a couple, these days. I've got a couple others. Yeah, too, I don't know. I'm trying to think. It's like I mean, I've got I'm some always older looking, ones. man. I'm always looking. I sent some to you guys in a, the group text the other day. I was like, these guys are okay, but it's cool to hear something that sounds different. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like. It's just it's it's so tough these so, days. I, I I don't know. I mean, I I love the last John Mark Millen record. He's always, oh yeah. he's always oh somebody yeah. that I've I've really loved, and I think that he's I think he's a true artist. I mean, I think he I don't mean this in a bad way, but I think he does what he wants. Right. I think he just creates mm-hmm. what he wants to create, and he's he's true to himself, and um, I think his lyrics are really great. Yeah. So you guys might be able to help me with this. The Porter's Gate is that a collective is that a group of different christian musicians that have come together to do some albums the only album that i've listened to them is their work songs yeah and we actually did a number of those songs in an advent series we did at shades um and we picked four of the songs off of that record and played those during advent those are all really unique songs yes done by different artists yeah audrey Audrey Assad, right? Is she on there? Yes. Okay. And um, Gunger, not David, Michael Gunger, but David Gunger, David. Yeah. Madison Cunningham. 
Oh Madison my gosh! Yeah, All right, Jeremy so loves Madison Cunningham. This is, off, Cunningham. This is right. off of the Christian train, but uh, her she's her, not a like, Christian. No, she is a Christian, <laughs> but she's also a fantastic like guitar player. And yeah. if you have not heard her record, uh, I don't know what it's called, but her like most recent like full length record, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Hmm. I'll, it really I'll check is. it out. Yeah, her song is really beautiful. On the work album. I was going to say one album that I thought of. It's a few years old now, but it's one that, that I really love. It's actually my favorite United Pursuit album. I don't really like a lot of United Pursuit, just to be completely The record was a little bit of a fluke, huh? I know There's a say. record called Looking mm. for a Savior that we've all listened to together, and it's six songs. Uh, three of them are Will Reagan, and three of them is this other guy named Brock Human. Um that cannot be his real name, right? No way. Human? No way. Brock Human? Yeah. Who has a last <laughs> name like that? It's like, what's your identifier? Human? Anyways, human. I'm sure he's a great guy, but man, that record is awesome. So good. That mm. actually is one of the most formative records, I think, in my life. It's great. Wow. Big statement. Wow. Yeah. I, remember, yeah, I, think, yeah. I remember finding that record and sending it to you guys and being like, yeah, you I really need to you listen showed to it. it to me. I was like, I because I, I listen to it because I'm the kind of the same way. And again, I'm not nothing against United Pursuit yeah. because I'll I still I'll listen to their other records too. It's not my favorite stuff, but it's you know. I remember hearing that record and being like, "This is I've never heard a worship record like this before." It's so it, it was so intentional. Mm-hmm. It was so like, um. Both lyrically, lyrically, it had a lot of the same things that mm-hmm. we, I think we try and do with our music. Yeah. But it was just so mm-hmm. like it was it was quiet. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was like it it, it just sparse here and there. Yes, it was like there's not much happening, but it's all beautiful and it's all intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. honestly, to me, it proved that it could be done. Yeah, yeah. I'll also give a plug for his. Uh, it's Will Wagon Will. <laughs> Will Reagan, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> in United Pursuit live in Baltimore. Oh, now that and is cool. The, uh, yeah. And it's him and his band, and then there's a gospel choir. Oh, cool. And we play one or two of the songs of Shades. It's really yeah. powerful, really the, cool. The album he put out, it's probably some of the same songs. The album he put out that came out right after the one that we're talking about was mm-hmm. really good, too. Tell All My Friends. Yes. Is that the same? I'm, yeah. Some of the it's same the songs? gospel one. It's the one that, uh, this is this is insider, uh, Daryl Thorpe. I oh, think dear. mixed it. I That's think cool. mixed it. That makes sense. I think. Pretty sure. I need well, to that to doesn't that mean anything to anybody that's listening. Yeah, right we now. Need to get inside baseball. That's an inside baseball, baseball thing. Baseball. This is kind of I don't know. I maybe I'm getting old. <laughs> but I re- I have I have really over the last couple of years I've really loved Sandra McCracken. She, yeah, oh, she's yeah. great. Great. It's totally. just like I don't know, man. There's something really like soothing about Sandra McCracken to me, and I think yeah. she does some of the stuff we're talking about too. She put out that record, uh, "Songs from the Valley" after her divorce. Yeah. That are oh, ju- it's man. just beautiful, man. I yeah. mean, they're heart wrenching, but it's raw. like very raw, and yeah. they're great songs, man. And her hymns album is great too. Mm-hmm. And another voice that you'll hear on those records is uh, Thad Cockrell, oh, yeah. who might be one of the best songwriters of our generation. Oh, wow. Whoa. Strong okay. statement. You've been throwing some bombs I know. On, this, just, on this I'm podcast. Just, I'm just building people up here. Um, You're in a good mood. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I, I love all of his stuff. His his uh, full-length record actually comes out tomorrow, one oh, of his okay. new records. Oh, really? Um, but his, Not when you listen his, to this. Uh, his, <laughs> raw, right. his, his record called um, Songs... Uh, 
gosh, I'm forgetting the name of it. Um, it has a white it has a white cover. Yeah, I don't know. It's really great. It has yeah. Rosalind on it. The white album. The white album. <laughs> Beatles. Yeah. Anyway, Thad Crocker is definitely somebody to like check out because he's writing with Sandra McCracken mm-hmm. and a lot of other songwriters. Leslie John. Uh, John oh, what's Jordan. The, Jordan. Son, all sons. Yeah, yeah. He's like writing with all those people, and yeah. he's he's pretty awesome. Uh, cool. He is a little more well known, but I will put a plug in for Andrew Peterson's Resurrection Letters. Mm-hmm. Some really great songs on that. He's an amazing songwriter and beautiful lyrics with a lot of depth. John Mark, you said you had a few. Are, uh, there, are, there, are there any that you'd like to share? Just one more comes to mind. This guy named Aaron Strumple, he put out a record called Mighty Refuge. It's it's a bunch of redone hymns. Um, but, man, he has a really interesting musical take. And he'll he actually added some, some bridges and choruses and tags to some of the hymns, too. But... Um, for a hymns record, it's really cool. Jeremy did a hymns record. Yeah, yeah. Your hymns record Jeremy is great. Moore. Yeah, a lot so of you, good. You guys played on it. Yeah, we sure did. It was. It was. Fun. It was What's fun. the name of the record? For people can look it up. Pillars is the Pillars. name of the record. Um, I, particularly for that record, I wanted to keep kind of the same like tem, uh, tempo and and structure as like hymns that I had done like with organ and orchestra. So I kept it in like the original key. I kept the, you know, most of the melody lines the same. I kept like the same like feel and vibe throughout all of the songs, um, which is something that particularly to me is like super important, mm. um, especially when we sing songs and hymns that have been sung for forever. It's a personal take. Yeah. Um, but but I think it's important to to kind of keep that across generations. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, no, man, I love that. I th- that's something I've been thinking about lately too. I've, I've been trying to sing hymns to Lena when I'm putting her down because mm, yeah. I, I'm like, she's got to know these. Like, <laughs> you, you know, I had a, I think I had a gap, you know, really where, like, you know, talking about kind of my history a little bit, where I grew up, you know, Methodist and then that Trishan and all only hymns really, mm-hmm. and then into you know more just contemporary new songs back to kind of loving hymns and there was a period of time where I didn't you know I didn't hear any hymns and I remember there was actually a time once one time where my dad said well you probably you probably don't really know any hymns do you and I don't know why that has stuck with me but like I don't want that to <laughs> I, I don't want to be like the generation that ruins our kids and like breaks this tradition that the, the church has had some of these songs we've been singing for like a thousand years yeah, you know like yeah. we don't I don't want to be the people who didn't pass that down you know and that's right, yeah. and that's why I did it like I I saw both two of my grandparents go through dementia and the only thing that would wake them up was singing hymns. You would, you know, hit the, you know, CD player on Mm -hmm. and, and play some hymns and they would actually sing along. Like my grandmother still knew the alto line to holy, holy, holy. Mm -hmm. And that to me was just enough to be like, all right, these are important. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like if anything, like I, I believe like, you know, Christian prayers or liturgies or creeds are important, but like, what's gonna the the likelihood of me having dementia is very high. What's gonna wake me up? You know, mm-hmm. when I'm on my deathbed. Yeah. Hymns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think too, and we're so off topic, but it's great. <laughs> That's okay. I think too something that I've been thinking about, and we've talked about some in our group texts, and I know Jam, you've been thinking about it a lot too. Is is the idea of like who's discipling you? 
you know? Right. So, mm-hmm. like, who, you know, what are you listening to? What are you reading? Like, what, mm-hmm. what is your, where are you getting your news from? What are the podcasts you're listening to? All this kind of stuff. And I think, you know, for, for so long for the church, a lot of times, like, your theology comes from the hymns. It's like, you may totally. not, you know what I mean? Like, you may not remember everything the pastor taught, or you may not have a bunch of scripture memorized, but, like, you know the words to the songs you sing. Yeah. It's just there's that, you know, music, totally. music does that to you. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Um, you know, that, that's something that I've thought about. It's like, well, what do we, you know, what are we teaching people? Yeah. If we totally. have those conversations all the time when we write. I think it's like, what are we saying? These are, these are the words that, like you said, someone may leave on a Sunday morning and they may have this song stuck in their head. Mm-hmm. So the lyrics better be pretty right on so that we're teaching them and discipling them in the in the proper way. I think of a hymn like In Christ Alone that's so powerful Mm-hmm. And those lyrics are so strong, and you can, I don't know, the <clears throat> with the attached with the melody, it's so singable to sing mm-hmm. that song, and the words that you're singing are so rich and powerful. So mm-hmm. I think there, there's definitely there. That's very, very important uh, when we write together for sure. Yeah. Well, and Jeremy talking about creeds made me think of Rich Mullins. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. song Creed. Oh, yeah. And if you've never listened to Rich <laughs> Mullins, I would say first. <laughs> <laughs> go back, go to YouTube and watch. There's some documentaries on him, or just yeah. watch some interviews. Watch, with him. watch some interviews. Watch some uh, some of the live concerts he does. He'll talk a lot in between oh, yes. songs. Yeah. He'll go on a rant, and yes. it's just gold. So get to know the man first, maybe, and then go back and listen. And I think you'll be able to appreciate. He it. had a. I think he had a massive influence on Andrew Peterson too. I feel like. Yeah. I, I just feel like Andrew Peterson kind of sounds like him. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. feel like they there's a connection there. What was sure. his deal? Did he like he was a part of a church and like he didn't take like very much royalty for his songs? Yes. So he he uh he would only yeah, so this is the deal. He whatever the uh that year's median income in America was, <laughs> that's what he paid himself from his royalties and he gave the rest away. So like at the peak of his career, I think that was like maybe thirty thousand yeah. dollars uh-huh. a year. Yeah, and anything over the, his all of his income would go to the elders, and then the church would give him a salary because he said he didn't want to see any of it because he said if I saw it, then I don't think I'd be able to give it away. Yeah, and, and that's the same way that we've built shades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even with if you go back a little further in Christian music, and there's another character named Keith Green, who's another guy that if you go on YouTube and he he was before Rich Mullins, and he was more of a Elton John, Billy Joel type uh, yeah. singer songwriter in the Christian industry, but he uh, he was one of the first guys that basically said pay what you want for the record. Hmm. Uh, This was like before internet. You know, this is like noise trade. Like, I don't know if you guys remember that website, noise trade, where you would pay whatever you want or you could just download it for free. I mean, he he would just say, you know, I just feel like if people want the the record, they should just take it. They should just have it, you know. And so he would go and he would do, he would tour for free. They would go and show up at a church and they wouldn't charge the church anything. And um, just guys like that, man, I look up to those guys so much. I mean, him and him and Rich Mullins have had such an impact on my life. And uh, those guys are really, really special. And you definitely need to spend some time if you haven't 
heard them. You need to listen to them and just spend some time with them. Read the book. There's a good uh, Keith Green's wife, Melody Green, uh, wrote a book, uh, just a, a biography on Keith, and it's amazing. I'm sure Rich Mullen, I'm sure there's a great biography on Rich Mullins. I, have, I, haven't, yeah, I don't I know if there so. is one, but I'm mm-hmm. sure there is. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, and I think we would be remiss if we did not mention John Ball's album. John Ball, when yeah. did you come out with an album? Oh, it was a few years ago, yeah, it's right? Been a while now, yeah. Uh, no, I really, I really love that album. Thanks, man. We had the CD release at Shades. We did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was my last Coming go. Full that, was, circle. that was my last go at it, you guys. That was yeah. that one. That one took it all out of me. <laughs> it was so good. Thanks, man. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's um. I mean, it's still out there. Yeah, it's called By Declaration and the Death is the name mm. of the record. I know it's yeah, hard. To, it it's very easy to get like discouraged about things, but like. I I still know those songs. Thanks, man. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was. Uh, it was. I think it was good. <laughs> I mean, no, I, was, I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, it was one of those term. things. You know, I, you know, that was my la- kind of my last. No, I put out some EPs and stuff like that, and it was like, all right, this is this is gonna be it, and you know, so put a lot of time and money and effort and toured a good bit on it, and you know, just didn't it didn't happen. So yeah, uh, you, you charcoal. A lo- yeah. Huh? Charcoal in the name. Oh of? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, it's a great song. Really powerful. Thanks, man. Yeah, very powerful. You print a bunch of t-shirts and CDs and. Yeah, I got some t-shirts. You guys want some t-shirts? <laughs> I've got a, I've got um, about eight hundred CDs. If, I if you want any t-shirts, email midweek at shadesvalley dot org. Yeah. I will yes. give you. I think I've got some old sleep design CDs too. Oh, I've got some of those. Our <laughs> instrumental. I band. will one hundred percent give you a John Ball. I'm I'm being dead serious right now. <laughs> if that's a, a real I don't know if that's email, a real email that John Mark just email. mentioned. I will really <laughs> actually real. give you a t shirt. I've got them in gray. I have them in white. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you've Options. made it this far in the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so mom, are you need to go to Shades Midweek. <laughs> yeah, all of my moms. Um, my mom's like I already have both shirts. Yeah, it's just like what else Oh my you got? gosh. Yeah. Okay, well before we say goodbye because I feel like right. we are reaching the end of our time here. Right. Generally, when can we expect this full-length album? I was waiting do on the we question. have oh, any man. idea? General, the next ten years, what are we talking <laughs> here? I mean, we're really close, guys. Honestly, it's I. I don't know, Brad. The answer is I don't know. Thank to you be for completely your honest, but I mean, we're we're in the process of finishing up tracking. We're about to be at mixing. We we're just about got to, uh, our friend Adam Wesley is working on some strings for yep. us too. So strings is normally like one of the last pieces on a on a couple of songs. So I mean, we're we are very very close. There's the tracking process which we're finishing up. Then there's a process that's called mixing, where a sound engineer, for those that don't know, a sound engineer takes all the tracks that you've recorded. Uh, for a song, and they balance those levels, they add effects, they do different things, they edit things, and then once that's done, there's a second process that's called mastering, and that's kind of where they, the best way to put it is sort of like the icing on the cake, basically. They they kind of bump up the volume of everything so that it sounds really good when you listen to it in your car, um, and there's some other things that go into that, but that's and then, of course, we have album art that yeah. we're going to work on. And Andrew Thompson uh, worked yeah. with us on the EP, and um, he's we'll be working with him again and some other people. There's some exciting things coming down the pipeline for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we're we're close. We'll I mean, stay stay tuned because we're we're going to start a, a fundraiser soon to help, oh, to yeah. help raise some funds to help 
um, pay for, you know, we've put a lot of time and, and effort and our own money into this project right. so far. So we're kind of, um, we're, we're about to be at the point where we, we need people's help. So, and just so we're clear, um, none of us are really expecting to necessarily turn a profit with this project. It's really, for me, for me, at least speaking for myself, I would say that, that it's very much like a project that I'm, it's just a passion project that I'm, that I, that I love and that I want to be able to put out. And we want to do more of these records too. And so I think if there's a good response with this record, we've, we have a lot of other songs that we've written that are not even on this record songs that we're loving right now. And so, uh, we want to make this a thing where we can be putting out more music consistently. And I think this is, we're kind of laying the foundation with this record so we're definitely going to be doing a fundraiser sometime soon because all those things that I mentioned, mixing, mastering, album artwork, whatever it is, all those things cost money, and we're definitely going to need everyone's help as much as possible. Yeah. So, so I mean, Chris Tomlin, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> we've got some songs. We think you should cover uh, one of Pat them. Pat Barrett. If Pat Barrett, <laughs> yeah. We'll put Pat Barrett's name on it, and then maybe he'll do it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but also Chris Tomlin's name, because right, yeah. right, they basically just coincide. Matt Redman right. may be in there. Right, that's right. Wow. Love is there it. is there anything else to say that I that we've left out in terms of the record? I, we really do hope to put the record out in 2020. Yes, we do. I mean, I I we need 2020 needs it. Let's just say that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's been a we while. We need a here. reprieve. We need. Yes. <laughs> I'm just Something. really. I mean, I'm. I'm just really excited about the project. Yeah. And I'm excited for people to hear it. And I know that all of our friends like have heard about it for what now two years. Yeah. So it's just going to be good just to get it out and to hopefully be able to play in a room for mm. people at some yeah. point. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that'll be, but like just to play the songs and to. I don't know. It's going to be so good. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about it too. I mean, I, you know, sometimes we'll unfortunately have long periods of time where we don't work on the record because of right. different life things. And every time I go and listen to what we've done, I'm like, wow, this is yeah. actually really good. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's always that stuff where you work on something, you know, and then you go back and listen to it and you're like, that really wasn't that good. Or, or you know what I mean? Or that could have been better or whatever. But yeah. every time I go back and listen to the songs and what we've done so far, I'm like, these are really good songs. Yeah. Like this has this is a great record, you know. So I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, and we've had a lot of cool people. Jamie Harper came and played saxophone and flute on some stuff. We've had uh, Mackenzie Wolnski has sang on some stuff. My wife Ashley has has sang on some tracks. So it's been really cool to see like all the different people come in and record on this record and and make a group effort out of it. So that's been that's been a unique thing for me to see just all the different people yeah. that have been involved so far and the people that will be involved in the future as well. That's awesome. Well, we cannot wait for it to come out and shadesongs.com is that our website? I don't know. Jeremy is that Jeremy, our website? That's <laughs> it. Is that it? Also on Instagram. shadesongs.com and then our Instagram is shadesongs I'm sure we have a Twitter. We don't, don't put out a whole lot of content, so when it when we do, when it, it really when you matters. Do, it's gold. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so be sure to follow them. Check out the website, guys. I think we're reaching the end of our time. Yeah. It's so unfortunate. Thank you so much for coming in. This has been so much fun. 
if no one listens. Longest episode on Shades if Midweek. No. We did it. Should this be a part oh, one and part did two? It. I mean, wow. Yeah, I wow. think yeah, I think probably so. So should we just keep talking we and have part it. three? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you all for listening if you've made it this far. This has been another episode of 